This is a CBC Podcast. Hi there, it's Pia. Every Wednesday, we are bringing you a bonus podcast, a handpicked story from the week's round of the Sunday magazine that we really think is worth hearing. Of course, you can hear all of our stories. They're all worth listening to. <laughs> on the full podcast we put out Sunday and on the CBC Listen app. All right, here's this week's highlight. So it can be difficult to talk to kids about what's happening in the world, especially these days with wars, civil unrest, not to mention personal challenges and tragedies. But Thompson Highway wants to make it a little easier for all of us. The renowned Cree author, musician, and playwright has a new children's book out. It is called Grand Chief Salamu Cook is Coming to Town, and it is a musical picture book that follows a young rabbit named Weeskits as he tries to help his brother win some healing juice that could treat his sister-in-law's cancer. The competition is controversial among the rabbits, and at one point the police have to intervene. But Thompson Highway uses silliness and humor to tell the story, and he also uses original Cree songs that he wrote, like this one. Thompson Highway, good morning. Good morning. So that is a bit of the national anthem of the Republic of Rabbits. They're singing in Cree. What mm-hmm. are they singing about? Oh, Kitaski, you know, Ski means uh, earth or land. So Kitaski, you know, that means our land. Uh, this is our land, uh, and we'll always be, it'll always be our land, and we are here. You know, so, so it's something along those lines. Yes. And so what do you hope? Kids who are going to read this and hear that song and, and parents were, are going to take away from hearing that song and, and songs in Cree. Mm-hmm. I always say my, my, a lot of my music, is uh, my lyrics are in Cree because I, it's my mother tongue. I didn't know any other language before I was born. Before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. When I was born. Uh, I, I didn't learn English until... I didn't become fluent in English until I was about 17. And my parents didn't speak any English. My, my, my older siblings, seven, the 11th or 12 children, they didn't speak any English or French or any other European language. So I grew up in Cree and other native languages, I have to admit. But I want your children, young, young people, to uh, hear these lyrics and, just, and, and I hope that they... they they sing them, they, they repeat them. Kids do a lot of that. I have grandkids who do that with the radio and we're going down the road, the freeway. They sing along to Brazilian songs. I play Brazilian music a lot these days for a reason. But here they are driving down the freeway singing in Portuguese, mm. Brazilian Portuguese. And that's how you, you where you start uh, teaching Cree to, kin, uh, to people is when they're, when they're young, when they're three years old, four years old. They absorb it like, like, like so quickly and uh, it's amazing. And, uh, so, and, as, and the, the theory is, and I believe it, Totally. The older you get, the harder it gets it is to uh, to learn other languages. So that by the time you're 40 and you haven't learned a second language, it's too late. Mm. There's a muscle inside your, the brain that, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, and it's some kind of auditory mechanism that lets you absorb sound. Uh, and the younger you are, the, the more muscular that muscle is. And the 
easier it is for you to observe other languages. So when you're a child, that's when you uh, start learning, t- mm. teaching kids how to speak. Mm. T- t- second, third, fourth, and fifth languages. And so this book is filled, this town that the story tells is full of speaking and singing rabbits. Mm-hmm. But it is about so much more than that as well. How would you describe what your book is about? Well, I, uh, it's about rabbits. <laughs> uh, it's about a rabbit community, a <laughs> republic of rabbits, where there's thousands of rabbits living in this community, this imaginary community. Uh, I was, we, uh, we have a beautiful house in Gatineau, Quebec, and uh, a rabbit came to our backyard one time and basically gave birth to two little rabbits. And, and I, was, I was stuck at that moment with my writing because I had just signed a contract to, to write this book, this children's book that I'm speaking about. And uh, there it was. This, this rabbit came to my backyard and gave me the story. So I wrote a story about, about her community. And that's what, that's what it's about. It's about the love and the life and the drama that takes place in this community, totally fictional community of rabbits. Yeah. I suppose if it was a duck that showed up at your, at your yard, it could have been about ducks. <laughs> it, it could have been. And eventually I do want to write about ducks. Yeah, you know, because like it's I a love, metaphor, I love animals. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, totally. And, and as a metaphor for real life, right? You mm. could put ducks. You, it's a human story, really, at the end of the day. This children's book covers um, heavy topics, um, mm-hmm. ones that we all face in life, illness and death. Mm-hmm. Why was it important for you to incorporate those darker aspects of life in a story made for kids? I didn't. Uh, it wasn't a conscious choice. Uh, first of all, I don't, I'm not a children's writer. I, I write adult stories uh, in my plays and in my novels and whatnot. And... Uh, so when it comes to children's uh, literature, I'm not a, a great expert, and I and I sometimes run out of ideas, and I do whatever I can to keep the story together, keep the story going. And uh, but I never read. Really, it wasn't really a major point with me as I was creating the story out of thin air. Uh, it, it was a, a subconscious choice. Uh, I think it, it comes to me that I come I come from a, a community of uh, where there's a lot of death. I, uh, I was born at the time in uh, history where there was no, uh, there were no hospitals up north, there were no funeral homes, there was none of that stuff. And so, uh, and people, because of the harsh living conditions, living in minus 50 weather in the Arctic, and I was born in December, they had to resort to enormous measures to keep to keep their children alive. And most people back in those days, it was normal for people back in those days to have 12, 14, 16 children. I have an uncle. My young, my father's youngest brother had 22 children. You can talk to the Quebecois themselves, and they did, back in the 50s, have uh, 14, 16, 20 children. The record is 27, mm-hmm. I hear. And uh, so in those days, there was no birth control, and there was no medical uh, assistance anywhere. There were no clinics, no me- no antibiotics, none of that stuff. So uh, the infant mortality rate was very, very high. So the average family who had 12 kids would lose about half of them yeah. as babies. And so that's what happened now is we had 12 children. I'm, I'm the 11th of 12 children. And by t- and we, my, my parents lost five of them. Half the family uh, wow. was died as children. And so death was a regular, uh, a regular happening in our community, in our lives. It was a very, very... Uh, normal thing to die, which it is. Well, ultimately, death is a very natural phenomenon. We all get there sooner or later. And then, of course, I saw people kick the, my neighbors and my, my cousins and all this. I, I know people who lost their parents when they were 
four years old, when they were two years old, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and what, what would you be like today if you lost your, your, your parents when you were four years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to talk about these things. They're, uh, you know, important enough to talk about. And, uh, and kids these days don't, uh, really don't understand death as a phenomenon. They have to ask, where did he go, you know? Where did mom go kind of thing? And you have to give, come up with an intelligent answer. And uh, we're getting there. I can't do it all in one, in one go, but I, I'm trying to contribute to the fact that, that we, uh, death is a normal part of life. But ultimately, death, the death in the story is very, very minor, minor point. The story is about sense, having a sense of humor, having a sense of musicality, having music in your heart, having a, you know, a living, breathing heart to begin with. And uh, that's what the story is about. The story is about life mm. and fun and music. Mm. So let's talk about that because you have said like your favorite sound in the world uh, is laughter. And it is vitally important to who you are, Thompson Highway, mm-hmm. but also in the stories you tell. Let's talk about laughter. Why is this such a deliberate thing that you're, you, you say we all need and you were trying to contribute to that all? Well, I lived. To, I lived to laugh. You know, I uh, I, I grew. Up, I was born and raised Catholic, and uh, and we just and what how they teach life. The, the basically the central story is uh, lesson in the in the in that system of thought is we were born to feel guilty, to apologize for a crime that we never committed. So we're basically uh, committed to a life of depression. We we were born to be depressed. And I completely rebel against that idea. In, in Cree culture, it's a totally different rhythm. It's a, it's a different system of thought. You, you, uh, Christian, Christianity is about monotheism. It's a, it's a system of one God only, and that God is male. In, in Cree culture and in other, in other native cultures, there is, it's, it's not a monotheistic system. It's a, po- a pantheistic system. Mm-hmm. Then there's polytheism, which is a system of many gods and goddesses like you have in India. Uh, basically, the cent- and the central mythological figure in this mythology, this dream world, so to speak, is a, is a clown. And that which is where the language is so funny. The, the Cree language is the most hysterically funny language on the face hmm. of the earth. The first syllable you utter, and you're laughing to beat the band already. And so basically, it boils down to, uh, to the fact that we were born onto this planet, not to feel depressed, not to apologize for a crime that we never committed. We, he put us, he, she, first of all, just, the, the, there, is no, there is no gender in the Cree language. She put us on this planet for one reason, and that reason is to laugh, hmm. which is why the language is so hysterically funny. And as soon as you switch over to English, you stop laughing automatically. Okay, wait, and give me an example, because you say, look, Cree language is full of laughter. So give me an example. Okay, uh, my, uh, my grandchildren, I'm a grandfather, I have two, two grandkids, a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Uh, and, uh, but I'm giving them uh, Cree lessons here and there whenever I can. So we have, they have a dog, and the dog, and how you say puppy? A little dog, a young dog, is Chipochitz. What? Chipochitz. Chipochitz? Yeah, there you Chipochitz. go. Chipochitz. Yeah. That's cute. It's fun <laughs> to say. Chipochitz. I know. It's cute, A and B. The <laughs> syllables make you laugh. They bounce off the tongue <laughs> and they dance. And the whole Cree language is like that. Can I give, okay, I'll give you a Cree sentence, okay? Can I give you a Cree sentence, okay? Can I give you a Cree sentence, okay? Can I give you a Cree sentence, is a pudding. Ipagasemat uh, means to boil. You boil the pudding, etc., etc., etc. But that's the rhythm of the Cree Wait, language. Wait, you were just, just telling me to boil pudding? That was your example. You basically, came I said, yeah. I, well, basically, what I said was, "Kanagi uh, means at least. At least, uh, I, I don't let uh, man, man, ma 
negation. Neither, that's me, I. Bagat um, naok means I, I don't let them. Uh, children, my children, look at me while I'm boiling the pudding. <laughs> it's a silly, it's a silly, 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 silly time. I, invited yeah. my, I invented myself and I use it in my writing regularly. And But that's the rhythm I employ, the rhythm I employ in most, most of my writing. And it's a funny, and it's, so they're fun, I, I read about funny things. They make people laugh. Uh, and I believe it wholly. Yes, and if I, people, when people ask me, what is my religion? You know, they ask anybody what religion they, they come from or, or, or they still believe in it or whatever. My religion, when it comes right down to it, is laughter. I live to laugh. Hmm. I sincerely believe that God put me on this planet to laugh, A, and B, to make people laugh. And the reason why, and one of the reasons for that phenomenon is that I believe from my, the bottom of my heart that people are at their most beautiful when they hmm. laugh. And when they smile, there's nothing more beautiful. So I make people laugh so I can see them bear their teeth huh. and laugh <laughs> like mad. And, that, and that's what artists are here for, is to make people you know, think about these things. And so that's what I am. I'm a writer. And so, you know, as you, as you tell parts of your life story, Thompson Highway, you know, as you say, look, uh, I was born at a time, you're literally born in a snowbank in I, was, Manitoba, uh, right? Yeah. And one of the, yeah, one of the reasons I did that was because people didn't know, like Southern people, most uh, Canadian, 95% of Canadians know the, the part of Canada, a, a very nice strip of land along the American border. Mm. People don't realize that, uh, uh, that there's another 90, 95% of the land that it's, that it has just us. And in those days, people, were there's this lifestyle that we we had, where people were everybody, no, uh, well half of the population was born in snowbanks. We was, being born in a snowbank is not unusual for my time, you know. Yeah. Further north of us, there are babies who were born in houses made of ice. They're called igloos, you know. There are such cultures in this country, and I want to tell the world about that. About that. And then, as you mentioned, five of your siblings died when they were very young. You but, went on to. Um, residential school with your brother Rene. Mm-hmm. You lost Rene, and I'm sorry for this. Um, well, thank he was so you very important. Much. Yeah, he was so important. Uh, he was a gifted ballet dancer. He died of um, an AIDS-related illness in mm-hmm. 1990 at the age of 35. I, I, I say all that about your life. I know you've had great joy and and all other things in your life. But as you talk about laughter, um, Thompson, what I'm wondering is. You say, like, uh, my, my religion, quote-unquote, that I subscribe to is laughter. Is that also because it provides you um, great healing? Well, that's what laughter is for. It, it, it provides healing for everybody, not just for me. You know, we all encounter negative experiences. We all encounter tragedy at some point or other. We all get depressed from time to time, even to the point of being suicidal. And we see suicide around us. Uh, it affects some members of our family. And uh, but it's it's a if anything heals those wounds. It's it's laughter. You have to get back yourself back to the state of laughter, and uh, it's a survival mechanism, not just for me, but for the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like that. Nobody comes out of this uh, being a total winner. We all get depressed. We all get lonely. We all become sad. We all cry. All those things. And and the only thing that's going to put us out of pull us out of there is to laugh mm-hmm. and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh until you cry. And that's why we do it. I, I cry. I laugh when I, I, I laugh so hard when I laugh that I cry. And I hope you do too. So when your grandkids, I think you said they were 10 and 12. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. I have that right. Oh, yeah. So when they say, I don't what do they call you? Grandpa? I don't know what they call they, you. Oh, they call me Grandpa Tom C. Isn't that cute? Grandpa 
Grandpapa Tomsi. Oh, Grandpapa Tomsi. Oh, yes, I like I that. I'm going to call I you that. I'm going to introduce you as Grandpapa Tomsi. I love it. I love um, it. Okay, I'll give you your last name, for instance. It sounds very Cree, okay? My last name? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, but it sounds like... It's, it sounds it's very fast. Close to, it's, it's, it sounds like Chipotitz. <laughs> Pia Chipotitz. You know, that's your last name. If you call me Grandpapa Tomsi, I'm going to call you that. Pia Chipotitz. See, see how you're laughing? Deal. See how you're laughing from the gut? And I'm laughing and almost crying because... Yeah, exactly, because you're laughing. So hard you bring, you bring yourself to tears, and that's a che- and that's what your name is. Your, your real name in Cree is okay, a Pia okay. Chipotle. Okay, Pia Chipotle is asking Pia, Pia Puppy. That's, a, that's your Cree name. There you go. I just christened you. You know what? I thank you. Uh, I will now forever be known um, as that by a lot of people. So yeah. um, thank you. And ah, <laughs> spell it out, okay? Spell it out. Uh, Chipo C H I P O O Chipo Chich C H E E C H. I'm going to start signing off oh, that. Pia yes, CBC News, Toronto. Tell them that Thompson yeah. had to give you permission to. Fair. And you know what? Even you, as an interviewer, as a journalist, you are learning Cree from me. Even if it's just a few words. But, I mean, you speak Cree already. You know, Winnipeg, Manitoba. See this. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Chicago, Quebec, Canada, Ottawa. You know, that's yeah. all Cree. Yeah, well, Welcome. I grew up in Saskatchewan, so yeah, I There you go. I know. Saskatchewan. You know what Saskatchewan means, eh? Uh, you tell it me. Means, uh, it means that don't forget to boil the pudding. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Exactly. <laughs> See how you're laughing? It's okay. Uh, okay, and I'll tell you, I, I, I say this sometimes as a joke. And when I'm in Alberta, I'll go, and Edmonton, Alberta, too, that's Cree. And they'll say, what, what does it mean? And I say, uh, Edmonton means remove it. And Alberta means it hurts. Okay? So Edmonton, Alberta, from my perspective, means remove it. It hurts. And the, the, the question being, what hurts? And what's, what's it doing there if it hurts so much? <laughs> and then we laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Okay, let's get back to these grandkids of mm-hmm. yours, Grandpapa Tomsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about, you said, like, laughter is sort of the medicine for the world, right? Mm-hmm. And for people yeah. who are hurting. So, you know, they're 10 and 12. They heard about a lot of things that are mm-hmm. like kid things. But then also they live in this, you know, world with a climate crisis and, and war and all these things. So when they say Grandpapa Tomsi... Um, how do I, like, where do I find the laughter in all of this? How do I? Well, how the, it's a French, first of all, you were slipping to French, which is another kind of, another language, which is just not, there's not a laugh anywhere near as much as Cree. Mm-hmm. And same with English. English plummets you right to the very bottom of your being, you know, with uh, depress, depressing thoughts. You know, what's happening in the world right now is truly, truly depressing. And one of the reasons why it's so depressing is because we're, we're telling these stories in English. You know, hmm. if you were to tar- start talking talking about them in Cree, you would be laughing so hard you wouldn't have time to get depressed. You honestly wouldn't. Interesting. Yep. So you say, "Listen, kids, learn Cree. You'll laugh. You'll laugh your way through life." Yeah, you will. And just just to, just to use, repeat that as an exercise. You know, Winnipeg manager was Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Chicago, Quebec, Ottawa, Canada. Welcome to Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our beautiful land. Let's get back to these rabbits yeah. in this book. Uh, yes. <laughs> why did you want to include music along with this book? Because I'm a musician. I'm yeah. a piano player. I know I look like, if you see me, I'm, I look like an accordion player, but I'm actually a piano player. And uh, uh, I was, I have, I'm a trained classical pianist. Yeah. I have an extraordinary musical training. Uh, I have a degree in music. Uh, so therefore, I'm, I'm actually one step away from being a musicologist. I know my music inside out. And... Uh, so I'm another obsession I have in my life is music, the musicality of language, the musicality of 
Well, music, musical instruments, you know, plucking a violin or stroking a, a harp, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's that's beauty. And that is the most beautiful thing that that, that God ever created, so to speak. And uh, so I listen to it as at every opportunity. One of my great obsessions is music on YouTube. You can listen to any concert on the face of the earth. And I'm going to... Uh, we're going to Vienna, for instance, in in uh, March, and I'm going to go to specifically with the intent, uh, purpose of l- listening to the, one of the great, the, probably the greatest symphony orchestra on the face of the earth, which is the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, mm. which we're hearing under the baton of one of the great, the world's great conductors, a man by the name of Zubin Mehta. So I go to the ends of the earth to, to for for listening opportunities like that because of my obsession with music. People are going to read your book, and they're going to listen to the music that accompanies it. What oh, do you, yes. What, yeah, Please what do, you, do. Yeah, what do you want them to kind of walk away with? I want them to be singing Korean walking down the street. Hmm. And that's what they'll be doing. Yeah. They, really, they really, really will. Thank you. How do I say thank you in Korean? Oh, it's a long word. I don't know if you can get your tongue around it, but I will give it to you anyway. But uh, even that is you, funny, You okay? have to speak slowly uh, so I can okay, try Okay. Kinana. Kinana. Skumitin. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And that's the nature of the Korean language. It makes you laugh at the most depressing things on the face of the earth. And we do. We laugh. And I'm going to spend the entire day laughing today. And I'm going to laugh about the fact that I met a woman today called a beautiful woman called (laughs) Pia (laughs) Chipotis. Now, there's a laugh right there. (laughs) Listen, listen, the number of... Ways people have mispronounced my name over the years. I'll take cheapo cheats any day. <laughs> the creepy people when you're out there, I know in Saskatchewan, will love you for that. They will laugh themselves to tears. Thank you, Thompson. I appreciate your time so much. And I appreciate your time too. Okay, take very, good very care. Okay. You too. Cheers. Bye. Thompson Highway is an author, musician, and playwright. His newest children's book is called Grand Chief Salamu Cook, is coming to town. And you can find all the stories we bring you each week on The Sunday Magazine by heading to our website, cbc.ca slash Sunday. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay. Thanks for lending us your ear. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.